Welcome everyone to Good Night and Good Game, your source for geek news for the week that was. I'm your host, James, and with me, as always, is my wonderful co-host, Hector. Hello. This week on the show, we're doing another bro episode. That's right, it's boss room only. That means our main topic is our only topic, and it's spooky season. So today, what we're going to do is we're going to give y'all some of our favorite seasonal recommendations. Everywhere in pop culture counts, comics, you know, books, movies, whatever you want. We're just tossing out recommendations. We're going to tell you why we love it. It's going to be spoiler-free, though, because mm-hmm. there's some of these we do not want to spoil for you. But before we start, don't forget that you can head over to goodnight.gg, where as a patron of our show, you can suggest topics for us to talk about. Also, as a patron, you get access to our off-week episodes. So, full disclosure, I am a couple weeks behind on getting some of these posted, and I'm really sorry about that. Um, it's been a heck of a last couple weeks. I'm going to try and get a few actually released this weekend to make up for it. And Hector and I have a bunch of recording to do to record some upcoming episodes. So I'm very sorry, um, but thank you to all of our patrons for supporting us and keeping our show going. And uh, yeah, look forward to new, some new mini episodes here soon. But with all that out of the way, let's talk about spooky stuff. Spooky, spooky stuff. stuff. All right. I, 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 I did my best. You did. Yeah. I appreciate it. Good job, Hector. I would give you like a B plus. It's spooky. I, I didn't have time to practice. You're like, los spookies. Los spookies. <laughs> All right. So all we're going to talk about here is just recommendations. We're going to talk about our favorite things, uh, what it is, The you know, just we're top to bottom, but we're going to stay away from spoilers. So I will set the precedent i guess for this sure something spooky that i really love that i would recommend to you for the season uh i recently watched the scary stories to tell in the dark movie Mm. um i that was a very formative book for me growing up i actually have a throw blanket of like the cover like that's how much i love those books growing up finally got to see the movie um the reason it took me so long is i was very nervous to watch it when you love something so deeply Mm. Yeah. Even like I, I read a million interviews with them talking about how they were going to do everything they could to take Graham Ravel's artwork and translate it one to one to the screen, to translate all of these short stories and to weave it into my personal favorite type of horror, which is anthology horror. Right. Um, <laughs> I was nervous. I didn't watch it when it came out. I didn't see it in theaters. Um, I let it slip off my radar for a little bit. And this last week, I sat down with it, and holy shit, they did it. They did it so well that I want them to do a sequel. Please do a sequel. Um, They managed to reimagine the stories in such a way that they still maintain the original content and heart of the story. And keep in mind, the stories in this book are all two to three pages max. I mean, they're not big, long stories. And the short stories in the movie version are very short. Like, it, you know, the one about the red dot, which is about the spider laying an egg on somebody's face. Like, it's a very quick thing that happens in the movie. Yep. And if you're intimately familiar with the books, like, you you know, you have a lot of them memorized, there are a lot of homages and, and just, like, you know, there are a lot of little things that are fan servicey, but like in the best way. As an example, um, the opening credits, the opening credits plays the song, the Hearst song. 
Oh, gotcha. And if you yeah, don't yeah, know yeah, yeah. what that song sounds like, you have no idea that's what they're playing. <laughs> but like, as soon as the first like three notes hit, I'm like, oh shit, they're playing the Hearst song. Yeah, that's one of those like sounds only millennials can hear things. It's <laughs> yeah. Like, oh no. Exactly. <laughs> uh, so yeah, that's my recommendation. It's the movie Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark. Also the books. If you've never read the books, even as an adult, please get them. Get the original artwork versions. That's the Gam- Graham Ravel version of the art. They are terrifying purely for the art alone. So mm-hmm. big recommendation on my end. What Agreed. Do you got? All right. So well, one comment. I, I, I Anthology horror being your favorite kind of horror. Mm-hmm. I love that your favorite kind of horror is just more horror faster. It's true. Yeah. yeah. yeah it's just like, more my horror favorite, faster. what's your favorite kind of horror? More horror and like mixed <laughs> genre. Yes. Like, like, like let's see, you know, like, if you can give me two hours and I can get like some ghosts, some body <laughs> horror and like maybe a little psychology, like, yeah, let's do that shit. Yeah. Right. Uh, yeah. So, um, the first thing I'm going to mention, um, which actually isn't on your list, I don't think. Okay. Um, it is my favorite bit of horror in maybe my entire life. And that's not saying a ton. Let me, let me put a big disclaimer out here real quick. I have not been scared, actually scared, but startled, sure, but not scared by a movie or TV show since I was, since basically I was about 10. Mm-hmm. Um, and the movie that scared me, that gave me nightmares for weeks, was Jurassic Park. Mm-hmm. My influence in horror movies, my 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 thing with horror movies, is that I love to know how movies work, and when I watch them, that's mostly what I'm looking for. So there are certain movies that will absolutely disturb me. We'll talk about them later, Ari Aster. <laughs> but I do have favorite horror, and my favorite horror is stuff that makes me think, the stuff that makes me consider a story and consider people and see things in a new light. Mm-hmm. And my absolute favorite thing that did that for me in my entire life and certainly most recently is the haunting of hill house oh the haunting of hill house hit me in a way that made me think about and and, and, and as an atheist it's not something i think about because there's Mm -hmm. no reason to it made me think about death it made me think about what people leave behind it made me think about what we are talking about as humans when we talk about ghosts there there's a great a bit of and I know that this is probably where you're going with it. It's the mm-hmm. idea that that houses aren't haunted, that people are. Correct. Yes. Uh, yeah. We're the ones who are haunted. The house isn't haunted. Right. Also, when we think about ghosts, when we talk about ghosts, ghost, a ghost is a wish. Right. A ghost is a wish by people to be able to still have some of that that has left us. You know, and it's it was it, it's it's profound. It's beautiful. It's if 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 you're a person who gets spooked, it is fucking spooky in all of the best ways, all at the same time. And again, we taught we we said this was a no spoiler cast, so it won't do that. But when you watch this show, while you were watching it, you will see ghosts where you think you're not supposed to. Mm. And that is just such an incredible art of filmmaking thing that, oh man, it moves me. The actors' performances move me. The, the, the writing moves me. The sets move me. The cinematography moves me. Everything about Haunting of Hill House is incredible. And if you haven't seen it, you're doing yourself a disservice. That reminds me a lot of, uh, I made a post on my uh, Facebook page and, and some stuff uh, recently um, that I was talking about 
sound effects in video games, specifically mm-hmm. the sound effect in the Atari 2600 Pac-Man. Mm. Um, and the Atari 2600 Pac-Man is a game that is often seen as one of the worst adaptations of all time. Mm-hmm. Like it, the, that, that version of Pac-Man is just so poorly programmed that everybody kind of dismisses it. Yep. But the sound effects from that game um, are one of the most used sound effects in all of Hollywood. Now, when I was growing up, um, I used to, during the summers when I was in Michigan with my grandmother, play Pac-Man, the Atari 2600 version, mm-hmm. on my back porch uh, with her every night before bed. Yeah. And when I hear that noise, if I'm not expecting it, in a movie or TV show, I'm kind of transported back to that time where I'm sitting on the back porch with my grandmother, who's no longer with us, who was my best friend as a kid, um, reliving those moments. Mm -hmm. And the way that I kind of ended that post was if that's not being visited by a ghost, I don't know what is. Yeah. Fuck. That's hardcore. I like that. And that's really what Hill House brings to the table is mm-hmm. those memories, those things that we cherish. Those are the ghosts that, that really do haunt us. Absolutely. Yeah. Hmm. What can I talk about here? What other spooky things that I like? You know what? This year we get a really great movie. Uh, fun fact about me. I've never really dived into on this show. I'm a sucker for an exorcism movie. Oh yeah. 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 It's weird. I don't know why. Um, I just like exorcism movies and as somebody who's not particularly religious, I just, I, there's something about them. I've always found very like, like something like the, uh, like Emily Rose right. is not really about the exorcism itself. It's about calling into question, like whether or not that kind of shit's real mm-hmm. and that all the best exorcism movies really ride that line. It's like, is this, is this like, you know, mental disorder? Is yeah. This, like, like is like, someone a little nuts here? Is somebody yeah. abusing their child? Oh, like that's yeah. a big one of them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and the very few movies recently have really done the idea of possession very well. And one movie that did that really surprised me was Talk to Me. Mm, yeah. The A24 movie, we saw it. It's a movie about a, a hand that possesses people. And it's about kids acting like kids if they found a cursed artifact. Like the shit that kids would do mm-hmm. if they found a cursed artifact and what they would do with it. And when they figured out they could talk to the dead with it. And the big thing about Talk to Me was while it was a movie that did involve possession, that did, it never got into exorcism, but it did get into the possession aspect of it. Right. Um, it really kind of, Everything made sense and talked to me. Mm-hmm. A lot of times when you watch a horror movie, you're like, oh God, why didn't the main characters do this, that, or the other? Right. No, that was not that and talked to me. Yeah. Every character acted like you think that they would act in a horror movie. Yeah. But no one's like, bitch, why'd you run up the stairs? Right. right. Like everyone runs out the front door. Yeah. Everyone it, it does happens. what you think someone would do in this situation. Yeah. Like, why don't you try and get rid of it? Like they absolutely try and do all of those things. Yeah. And it's an A24 film. It mm-hmm. is new directors. They were originally. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah they, they used to be YouTubers and then YouTube kicked them off because their stunts were too dangerous and they couldn't show that to people. So they moved to another platform. But they have been directors forever. They just have been doing stunts because it made them money on YouTube, mm-hmm. you know, but like this was was so good and I can't wait for their next project. Absolutely. Hector, give me a recommendation, please. Okay. So I mentioned a second ago that like movies don't necessarily scare me in a scary sort of way. You know, obviously you can be startled and jump scared, but you know what fucking scares me while I'm experiencing it is a goddamn video game. 
There is something really visceral about playing a horror game, having agency over a character, and running for your life. Now, it is a digital life. The first time that fucking dog went through the window (laughs) in Resident Evil, my 16-year-old self about shit itself. Yeah. (laughs) Like, wow. That's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about is those things. You know, there's a reason the game Amnesia exists. Mm -hmm. You know, because if you feel like you're the character and it's entirely first person and something jumps out and tries to eat you, yeah, you're going to run for your life, and you're going to feel that sitting in the chair. Mm-hmm. You're going to feel that cold sweat. You're going to feel that that nervous panic, and you're going to feel that, uh, I wonder if I can get around this corner. I'm not sure I can make it. And you might, and then you might not. And when mm-hmm. you don't, you might scream out loud by yourself in a room. That's video games, and video games fucking scare me. And the scariest video game I've played in a really long time is a little old, not old, old, but it's... Alien Isolation. Ooh, okay. Alien. I've always wanted to play that as a, a a giant alien fan. Oh yeah. I've heard that I should be playing this. You should absolutely play this. It not only does it nail the aesthetic in a way that aesthetic has never been nailed before. Mm-hmm. Like it is a it's a beautiful game in a way that is like more driven by the art than by the graphics. Kind of like Mirror's Edge. Sure. Uh, It's just, you turn it on and it's gorgeous. It's gorgeous from the get-go. It's gorgeous at low settings. It's even more gorgeous at high settings. Mm. But the thing is, you spend the whole game just, you know, doing, you know, Sulaco-style engineering shit, just Mm -hmm. trying to get stuff to work. And there is a xenomorph and it crawls around in the vents. And it will surprise you and it will ambush you and it will track you where you're going. And it's not the only threat. But when it is, it is the only threat when it's nearby. (laughs) It is so terrifying. It's very alien, not aliens in that way. Exactly, just the one alien. You know, the one alien that is an unstoppable force of nature. You can make it leave Mm -hmm. with something like a flamethrower. You cannot kill it. Mm. And it, you do not have the wherewithal to kill this thing. Okay. So the idea is you're just always on the run. And it is so terrifying that at a certain point, some people got together and said, This should be scarier to me, but I understand how video games work too well. And they invented a new AI model for the alien that would be even more surprising so that they would be even more scared. Oh, God. Yeah, they were playing the game and they were like, okay, so it's always enough. Yeah, they were like, it's always (laughs) relatively around me. So when I go do this, this is important. And I think it's going to come out. So someone went in and said, like, no, it's not always chasing you. Sometimes it chases other things. If you leave it in one section of the ship, it will stay there. But it will wander out eventually. Mm -hmm. So instead of it being like, oh, it's always around, it's more like, oh, I'm doing my thing, and then it walks through the fucking door. Mm -hmm. Like like just having a good time. That sounds to me like the most terrifying thing I've ever experienced because this game is already terrifying because it is entirely first person, and having, having something grab you while you're running, pick you up, and like shoving its face in your face so that you can see its little angry fang mouth mouth like come like oh god yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> i love it's that good good shit again no spoilers for the story it's very cool you play as ripley's daughter okay which she has come up several times in, has- canonically in the alien franchise yeah. i have read a lot of books alien books and also yeah. comic books um, and i think I'm by deep, alien I'm 3 deep. she's like 65 years old or yep. something yeah so yeah but anyway, yeah, that, that's my next recommendation. Alien Isolation, I'm video I'm going to play off something you horror. said at the beginning of this. You were talking about specifically amnesia. Mm-hmm. And if you know anything about me, you know that I love myself a good YouTube video essay. One of my favorite essayists is Jacob Geller. 
Um, one of my favorite videos of his that I probably watched 500 times is why do horror games sound beautiful? Mm, yeah. And over the course of this whole thing, he talks about Resident Evil. He talks about all these different games. Um, but one game he touches on, I played this game specifically because of his video, which was Amnesia, A Machine for Pigs. Now, this is the sequel to Amnesia the Dark Descent. Now, Amnesia the Dark Descent is the one that everybody knows about. That was yeah. the one that everybody played. It made every... PewDiePie famous. Right. That was the whole thing about it. Mm -hmm. Amnesia, A Machine for Pigs was made by the, I believe it's the Chinese room. Mm-hmm. And they're the ones making Vampire the Masquerade Bloodlines 2. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. Exciting. Let's talk about Amnesia, a machine for pigs. Um, I do not recommend you go and watch Jacob Geller's video about this as, before you play this game. Right. And the reason for this is he does spoil the ending. Mm -hmm. Because he talks about Jessica Curry's score in the game and what it means. Mm -hmm. I will tell you this is a game where you do not fight. This is a game where you run. Mm -hmm. This is about a descent into madness as the main character. It is sad. It is heartbreaking. It is horror because when you realize what has happened to the main character, that you had no control over his actions, it is tragic. It is not gory. There are gore scenes in it. Sure. And you are being chased. But when you find out what actually happened, mind you, I, I will say I was like two bottles of wine deep at the point where the revelation <laughs> of the game happened. But I already knew the revelation of the game. I had already watched the Jacob Geller video that explained it. But when the revelation happened in the game and it all clicked in my brain, I was sad. Like mm -hmm. I teared up. Mm -hmm. And what is the purest form of media than that which moves us? Yeah, right. And so all of the terrifying things led to this sadness and this tragedy. And to be both scared and moved in that way, very few forms of media can do that. And that's why I recommend this game. It is an easy play. You can do it in a night. I literally played it in, I think, four hours. Like, it is not a difficult game. But the story of Mandis and the things that happened to his family... And the fact that it talks about a lot of real world issues. Oh, yeah. Like it is. Except um, after World War One, right? It's uh, like the aftermath of that. It's before that. Oh, OK. And I only. Yeah. No, again, I no, will, spoilers. no spoilers. But yes, it's, <laughs> it's before it's before that. And it's it, but it does dive into it. So that's where you're getting that from. It does dive into it. OK. So please, please, please. Amnesia, a machine for pigs. We are the pigs, mm -hmm. but also just, 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 just play it. Mm -hmm. Hector, give me a recommendation. You should absolutely play it. So, um, yeah, I guess we'll go ahead and dive right in to the last thing that I mentioned. Ari Aster. Oh boy. The reason I mentioned the name of a prolific director rather than a movie is because he manages to do this every fucking time. Yep. Ari Aster, and again, remember, I, 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 I said I did. These movies don't, the horror movies don't necessarily scare me in a way that like lingers. Ari Aster's movies do something else. They present a relatively supernatural thing sometimes, mm -hmm. but it's all the, the the horror and the tragedy is always so incredibly monumentally human. And it always involves something so 
visceral, and then he just portrays it in the most visceral way possible. The example I'll use, and again, I'm, I'm not spoiling this piece of media. It, it's the kickoff of the movie. Um, talk about hereditary. Oh yeah, and like one specific thing, a character in the movie, um, a mother loses one of her children. And you get a prolonged, actually several scenes. You, the, the scenes are appear to take place over the course of a couple of weeks. And Tony Collette just sobs, cries uncontrollably in different scenes, almost like a montage, like they're doing a grief montage. The sound that that woman made was in my dreams mm -hmm. for weeks. That's the kind of performance Ari Aster gets out of his actors. He did the same thing um, with Midsommar with a character who went through an incredible loss. And like, yeah, the, the, the kind of powerful movie. That yeah, was. incredibly powerful movie. But the kind of like emotion he brings out of uh, out of his actors is just mm -hmm. wild to me. The and they always it, stick with me. The fact that I'm and no spoilers, but the fact that as you watch Midsommar, mm -hmm. All of these fucked up things are happening, and yet it, there's a part of you deep down inside that's kind of rooting for the th bad thing that's happening. Yeah, yeah. Like that's <laughs> that's a special kind of storytelling. Mm -hmm. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, there's um there's something different about his movies. There's something that will make me go to every single one. The way that I think about certain directors as like this is a his movie, not mm. a, a a spooker or a Marvel or a Star mm. War. It is a this guy made a movie, and because he made a movie, I'm going to see it. You know, there are very, very few directors or actors that I do that with anymore. You know, Martin Scorsese goes right next to Ari Aster or a movie with Daniel Day-Lewis in mm. it or um, anything by Yorgos Lanthimos, which we're about to get James to watch like his whole fucking, uh, uh, you know, lexicon. But uh, <laughs> yeah, like stuff like that comes along very rarely these days. And Ari Aster is one. Watch mm. any of his movies that he has made. You will have a spooky time. Okay, where, you know what, I've gotten pretty personal about horror because horror is a big part of my life. Yeah. It always has been, and so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to continue down being personal with this. I want to tell you, when I was in sixth grade, um, hanging out with my parents and their friends, as I often did, because I always hung around people old, older than me, mm -hmm. there was a movie that scarred me as a child. <laughs> I didn't realize that this movie, this singular movie, that terrified me in a way that no movie ever has and ever will since influenced almost every single piece of pop culture media that I've been into since I've gotten into horror. Yeah. Let's talk about Jacob's Ladder. Oh, okay. Jacob's Ladder is a film that is about a Vietnam veteran who has come home to New York and has... PTSD at the time it was called shell shock. This film was made in the nineties. Right. Mm -hmm. He begins to see things that are supernatural, that are unreal, that are angelic, that are demonic. Um, most of the things that I love cinematically in video games, I never realized had their root in Jacob's ladder. I was obsessed for, for, literal decades with the silent hill franchise yeah and then i started watching little do background documentaries about it like oh yeah by the way the silent hill games are all taken from jacob's ladder here's the scenes all this stuff and i went fuck yeah 
And it, it, there's a there's a deep rabbit hole of Jacob's Ladder and Silent Hill that branches into a web of every other piece of media. Mm-hmm. Like, fun fact, the movie Kindergarten Cop <laughs> is influ- is represented in Silent Hill, which is influenced by Jacob's Ladder. There is like a seven degrees of separation of horror with Jacob's Ladder. <laughs> I watched this movie in a room full of adults, was terrified out of my mind. And it, for whatever reason became the baseline for my whole fucking personality after that. Because if something managed to terrify me in that way, I wanted to dive deeper into it. I didn't want to run from it. I wanted to run to it. Mm -hmm. And that's why I ended up watching more horror, doing the things that I love. I actually made a Vampire the Masquerade uh, LARP character who is very closely based on Jacob from Jacob's Ladder. Like he was a Vietnam War vet who saw a lot of fucked up things, like a lot of those elements of that. Because I really wanted to just embody that character for yeah. a little bit. How do you go deeper? You know, right? How do you go deeper from it? Yeah. And so Jacob's Ladder. There is a remake, by the way, that that came out uh, a few years back. I have not watched it. I have been told don't. Mm-hmm. But the one that you want to watch is the original '90s movie. And after you're done watching it, if you're this kind of person, go on YouTube and look up every video essayist who breaks this movie down because they talk about the 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 quote unquote angels, the demons, whether or not it was real or not, whether or not this was just a dying man's wish, was his child and, and wife alive? What is the religious metaphors behind every single character in this movie? Yeah. This movie. Fucking goes deep. It is one of my personal obsessions. And like, it was all because I was a kid watching a movie with my parents. Hell yeah. Hector, give me a movie or a, a book oh, right. or something. Yeah, no. So we're going to go, I'm going to go probably because I've been doing it. Go like movie game, movie game. What do you got? So I am going to talk about Resident Evil 7. Ooh, good choice. Because Are seven, you going to talk about 7 with 8? No, you can talk about it. Okay, if yeah, you would like sure. to. No, I mean, go yeah, because, uh, you played it, right? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah you played the shit out of it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. So tell, tell us about seven. Why? So I'm why? specifically going to talk about seven because seven brought the horror back to a franchise that hadn't scared me since the PlayStation One with Resident Evil Two, and it only scared me in Resident Evil Two because I was fourteen. Right. You know, I'm still running from things, but it's also pixelated now. I can't connect to this third person. Sure. Yeah. Makes sense. Resident. And and it was all third person. Resident Evil was always third person Mm -hmm. right up until seven. And in seven, they're like, hey, no one takes their game seriously anymore. They think they're basically, you know, Call of Duty in third person. Like there's no respect. There's, you know, dwindling sales. We're obviously going in the wrong direction. Maybe let's try and go back to some horror roots. And they released this first-person, slow-burn, underpowered horror game. With an unknown character to the franchise. With a completely unknown character, all unknown characters, an unknown location. Mm-hmm. And they just drop you in Fucking the middle Louisiana. of Louisiana. Yeah. What they, a place to set a horror game. They drop you I, in a swamp in Louisiana. I am a big fan of Southern Gothic horror. Oh, yeah. Oh, it hits so many Yeah, a little true detective. Oh, you, I you love it. You get it all the way in there. Please, yeah. yes. And, that, and that's the vibe. If you've seen True Detective, that's the vibe of this game. It's like somewhere in the deep swamp, someone's doing something bad to their fellow humans. Mm-hmm. Why? I don't know. The fucking Jesus or the devil or... Um, Cthulhu, who fucking knows? Yep. Or so they, they, they're still letting their water probably, mm-hmm. you know, like, like that might be the entire thing, but 
this game does a first person fucking like 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 you're just looking for your wife and you look for her the way someone would look for her if they were a journalist mm-hmm. not if they were you know a tra- a police officer or anyone trained to ever use a gun you don't use a gun in the game like you were trained to do so you use a gun in the game like you're a journalist it's it's hilarious um and yeah you you know walk through this dark decrepit falling apart house with these you know a group of hillbillies that are just not necessarily trying to kill you, but certainly trying to fuck you up and fuck with the you. The Texas Chainsaw Massacre vibes are immaculate. Oh, yeah. oh, down yeah. to the dinner scene. Oh yeah, like, yeah, yeah. That uh, dinner like, scene I, is replicated perfectly. Uh, oh. Yeah, that, that's Texas Chainsaw like two, isn't yeah, it? It is. Yeah, you know where you're just eating a meal with these people who are eating people. On the table with like maggots and like yeah oh, yeah it's the, yeah with maggots and they're like trying to when feed they announced you stuff. this game was gonna get a VR release I was like I don't know if I want to do that yeah 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 and that's the thing these games seven and eight both have VR so does Amnesia by the way yeah. they're like Ugh. um. But yeah, uh, yeah. Don't even get me started on VR and horror video games. I am literally too much of a fraidy cat to, to do that. <laughs> like if I got a VR headset to like get into VR, that would be the last thing on my list. I feel like I would run face first into my wall, but yeah, Resident Evil seven. If you never played it, it's when the games actually got frightening and it's so, so good. The story's great. There are decisions you can make every step of the way. The resident evil puzzle game is at the top of its game. It's, it's absolutely top notch. Um, the writing is excellent. The characters are excellent. Um, it's, it's way too good. Can't recommend it enough. It will terrify you. So when we talk about spooky things, I wanted to, uh, we have such a big list in front of us that we could talk about. Mm-hmm. And not everything that is spooky has to be scary. Yeah. Right? Spooky is a vibe. It's, it's you know, somebody who puts up that little laughing skeleton in their tree. Yeah. You know, there's, spooky can be a lot of things. And that's the vibe I want to talk about when I talk about a game called Inscription. Inscription is not a third person or first person horror game. Inscription is a card game. Yeah. The way that Magic the Gathering is a card game. Inscription is a game that drops you into a world that you are playing a card game for your life. Yep. And when you die, and you will, they will make a card out of your last playthrough. Mm-hmm. And then you will keep going. And this is just the first chapter. And I don't want to spoil anything past the first chapter because holy shit. What I will say is eldritch gods and it gets really fucked up. Yep. And if you don't think that a fucking card game can get dark, let me tell you what the format of video games can do. Yeah. Now, the producer, the creator of this game is a well-known video game creator who makes games that both exist inside and outside of the world. Mm -hmm. So there are things in inscription that when people were playing it, there was an ARG going on at the same time. Yeah. Somebody managed to pull from the code an actual, like, GPS location and went to that place and found an actual old school, like floppy disk Mm -hmm. and they plugged it in and there were things from the game on that. They were literally part of the AIG was on that floppy. This game is 
amazing. And I recommend it to everybody. If you love games like Magic the Gathering, but you want it to be a little spooky, please play Inscription. It's an indie oh, yeah. game developer. Oh, yeah. Give him all of the money. Give him your money. It's it's an inexpensive game, and it will probably take you maximum like 15 hours to beat. You could do it in, you know, like four or five sittings. You could do it in a weekend if you really buckled down. But it's, again, it's a card game. So, like, it's not that difficult to engage with. But the more you engage with it, the more you'll want to. And I will say, this is one of those recommendations that after you get done playing it, please go on YouTube and just look up, like, Inscription ARG. Oh, yeah. And look at the things that were going on in real time when this game came out. There are documentaries uh, on this ARG. Like, uh, some of the stuff people figured out is insane. Yeah. Hector, give me a recommendation. All right. So from Inscription, I did video game last, so I'm doing movie now. Ah, I have to do, I'm going to do the big one. All right. Event Horizon. Okay. Event let's Horizon. Do it. I we were literally listening to a NPR. um NPR this morning and they were talking uh they were a group of people talking about like the scariest movies of all time and they all had like fun answers and joke answers and one guy goes Event Horizon and they get really quiet and then he goes I hate this movie. Yeah. <laughs> like one person literally yeah. was like I hate this movie. And yeah. everyone chimes in with like yeah, uh-huh, uh-huh. Yep, yep, yep. yep. I don't know. I, I I'm pretty sure that's everyone's reaction to it. I cannot watch this movie. This is a movie where when you show it to people, they might decide horror is not for them. Yep. Next yeah. to Jacob's Ladder, this is that level of oh, that's fucked up list. Like I I want to recommend yeah. it to you, but I don't know if you can take this movie. Yeah, there's a thing and there's there there's this really powerful thing about horror set in space mm-hmm. that cosmic horror man yeah and, and like it's just like especially because you can play with technology and play with the concept of self and play with the concept of danger you know depending on what you're doing but at the same time it's like that you don't know what you're going to encounter and when you encounter something that you truly cannot reckon with not because it's too big or strong you're not fighting the hulk you're fighting uh, uh, the the air, the nature mm. around you, whatever cloud of of fucking reality you have flown your spaceship into, this is where you are now. And if so, it's anything at all, if, if there was anything ever at all like hell, that might be where you ended up. There's this thing about cosmic horror, this Lovecraftian horror that Event Horizon does so well, and and this is what it is in. Our religions that exist on our earth, Mm -hmm. many of them say things like God exists and he cares about you and he loves you. Mm -hmm. Cosmic horror says gods exist and you are playthings and they do not fucking care about you. How could they possibly fucking care about you? You're an ant. You are a flea on a planet and planets are nothing to them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And in Event Horizon, you have a movie where... It's a simple story about going and finding a derelict craft. Yeah. <laughs> and that's as much as we can really tell you about it. Just know that Sam Neill's in it. Sam Neill. There's a lot of great Lawrence Fishburne. Lawrence in it. Fishburne's There are a lot it. of great actors and actresses uh, all the way through. Actors, all of them, just fucking phenomenal in this movie. If you like horror movies and you have not seen Event Horizon, you are doing yourself a disservice. It is amazing. What you need to know is that where we are going, we don't need eyes. Yeah. Event Horizon. Mm-hmm. Fucking watch it. But 
in Event Horizon, you don't need eyes. Right. I'm going to tell you where you need all the eyes, mm. and that's in Bloodborne. Yeah. yeah. Bloodborne is one of my favorite games of all time. It is a Lovecraftian cosmic horror. Oh, it's a dirty, grimy Victorian London. It is it is a Souls game. You will die repeatedly. And the moment you figure out what's actually going on, what the fuck? Yeah. Um, fear the old blood. Like it is a game that that challenges you to to embrace how chaotic the gameplay is. Yeah. Unlike the earlier Souls games where you kind of hold up a shield and you play defensively, mm-hmm. no, it's all aggression and Bloodborne. Yep. But there's this this thing that exists within Bloodborne that I latched onto because I I used to run Cthulhu LARPs back mm-hmm. in Houston back in the day, and so I'm really obsessed with that Lovecraft mythos. Um. And there's this element that exists in Bloodborne called insight. And it's it's kind of like humanity existed in the original like Souls games. It's this weird thing that powers you up a little bit, but kind of fucks you up. Mm-hmm. When you obtain a certain amount of insight in this game, the game fundamentally changes. Yeah. Like the world looks different to you because you've either gone insane enough mm-hmm. or maybe sane enough to see what the world is actually like. Right. And there's a question that almost everybody, if you watch any of the old streams of Bloodborne where people who played it for the first time, they ask, they literally ask the camera, was this thing here the whole time? Yeah. Because you don't know, because you probably couldn't have seen it. Yep, exactly that. There's this, there's this little spot in the game where something, you know, where, where there's this like kind of a woods woods, almost like a portal. And you see it and you interact with it. And it kind of harms you and then sets you back down. And you're like, oh, this portal was certainly weird. I don't know what I got out of that. And you leave. But when you come back with enough insight, you can see exactly what was happening. And it's so fucking awful (laughs) and terrifying. Yes. I love this game so much as well. There's endless online discourse about it. There There's are, a reason why everybody wants a fucking sequel. Yeah, where everyone wants a sequel. Everyone wants a, a PC release. Um, you know, no one's even asking. Like, it, it's a relatively old game. It came out in, like, 2014, It came out around the time that I met you. Yeah, no, exactly the same time, because we were all <laughs> talking about it at work. Yep. Um, yeah. Uh, and yeah, it's, it's so, so interesting and so good. And so just in, in that Miyazaki souls style of just like the deep, deep, deep lore, it's as mm. deep as you want it to be because yeah. you can always go deeper because all the details are there and, but it doesn't and, and feed you any of it. It's no all for spoilers, you to discover. But when I had to, I, I was trying to get all the endings because mm. there was this, not a competition, but there was a thing that From Software was doing that if, like, by the December after the release of the game, if you had gotten a platinum trophy, mm-hmm. they would give you a, a special PS3 background. Mm-hmm. You could only get from, like, doing, like, platinuming that game. Yep. And I busted my ass for it, and I got it. But when I first learned, and again, keeping it spoiler-free, what I had to do to get some of those umbilical cords, <laughs> I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, he said umbilical cords, by the way. There you so. go. Yeah. That's a thing that happens. Hector, give me a recommendation. All right. So, um, what, was that? what did I do? Event Horizon? Yep. So, because I did Event Horizon, I'm going to talk about Dead Space. Ooh, it, it correlates. It, it, it does. It's, it's all together. It's, it does. It homogenizes. Dead Space is a game <laughs> where you, a um, 
engineer. Uh, I guess you would call him a space engineer. Yeah. A space engineer. Um, <laughs> where you, Isaac Clark, are on your way to a ship. Um, a mining ship, I believe. A, a literally called a planet cracker. That's right. You yeah. can imagine what this ship does. This is very Warhammer 40K, by the way, without ever, ever referencing Warhammer. Mm-hmm. Um, you arrive on this ship because your girlfriend works there because she took a contract and, you know, you've been a little bit, uh, uh, long distance relationship for a mm. while. Um, and you're just going there because the ship, you know, reported a little bit of trouble and you're just on your way to go there to see, you know, what, what you can do, what you can do to help, how you can fix it. And you get there and, um, surprise fucking impossibly horrifying human body horror monsters, are on the ship, and um, they don't appear to have invaded the ship. They appear to be the people who used to pilot and crew the ship. And you're not 100% sure why, and then you spend the rest of the game figuring out why. Um, and this ship, again, when I said like Warty, Warhammer 40k vibes, this ship has a place where, um, a, a deck, where they grow humans, like like literally babies and incubators that are grown for parts. So I, right. So I missed this the first time I played the game. I only played the, the remake recently. I never played the original version. I played yeah. the remake. And the remake and, is fantastic. And I, play and that I, one. And I played it and I was like, wow, this is really good. I'm going to do a second playthrough and I'm working on it. And then we, we commute to work together. Yeah. And then one, you get in the car and we're driving to work. And I'm like, Hector, I didn't notice the bodies in the tubes before. <laughs> yeah. He's like, oh, you didn't because they're all over the place. I was like, no, I, I missed it the first time. Yeah. Why are, why are there people in the tubes? Because there are so many amputees. And, you know, when mining and planet cracking is, is dangerous work, and sometimes people lose an arm. So we're going to grow an entire fucking baby and take its arm. Yeah. Just for you. Yeah. 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 There's certainly nothing bad will happen when those babies <laughs> get possessed by crazy fucking uh, ho- body demons. horror demons. Yeah. Yeah. It's a wonderful fucking game. It is truly terrifying. In a way that Resident Evil never was, made by an incredible studio Mm -hmm. that is unfortunately now no longer here. But my God, is that game a masterpiece? And the remake was so good and so respectful and so... I I don't know. I don't have a good word for this. Uh, It's a phrase instead. It amplified the original. It made the original louder in all the best ways and modernized it in all the best ways. Um, So if you get a chance... Play the remake. It, it, it's fucking amazing. What a All great right. game. Uh, a lot of the horror that I've been talking about tonight has been very personal to me. Um, we've talked about things like Jacob's Ladder that just fucking scarred me as a kid and then I made my whole fucking personality. Yeah. Um, I'm going to continue down the personal train. I want to talk about Catherine. Mm. Catherine is a puzzle game. Yeah, it's it, a is puzzle a, game. it is a game in which you as the protagonist, gameplay-wise... Push and pull blocks to climb up a tower as fast as possible. And you're like, but how is that scary? Let me fucking tell you. <laughs> Catherine is, uh, was created by Atlas Studios, the creators of the wonderful Persona series. Mm-hmm. This was actually made before Persona 5. The Catherine Correct. game was made to show off the new engine before they made Persona 5. So they made this cute little puzzle game that's fucking horrific. So why is it horrific? You play as Vincent. Vincent is in his early 30s. He has his girlfriend, Catherine, with a K. 
um, his girlfriend, they've been together for since like high school, I want to say. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. she's like, hey, bro, it's time. Like, yeah, like, like marriage. Where, and, if you like it, then you better put a ring on it. Yeah, put a ring on it, babies, all that stuff. We need to do that. And the what happens is, is there are these rumors in the town that there are men in the town who have cheated on their significant other and they've been dying in their dreams. So one night while you're out at the bar with all your friends who are all dudes and you're all doing dude things and you're drinking. And one of the fun parts about this game is if you drink the same alcohol three times in a row, the game gives you facts about it. So it's like if you drink whiskey three times in a row, it's like fun fact about whiskey. The original whiskey came from blah, blah, blah. And they're all actual facts. These are I, I have Catherine coasters in my living room that have the facts printed on the back of them. Uh, um, nice. That's how much I love this game. Um, so the idea is you go out with your friends and then this one night you wake up and there's this blonde girl in very skimpy lingerie that wakes up next to you. And her name is Catherine with a C. And she's like, we had a wonderful time last night. Thank you for everything. I, we're, I guess we're a couple now. Hmm. And you just realize you probably cheated on your girlfriend. Yep. Whether you did or not comes up later in the game. So all of the puzzles, these block puzzles that you get happen in, at night. So during the day, you go out with your friends. You talk to them about the fucked up things that have been happening. Um, you dodge your girlfriend, who you apparently cheated on. <laughs> yeah. um, you come to terms with what it means to be an adult. What does it mean to enter into the next stage of your life? What does it mean to be an adult in your 30s? And say, Am I ready for marriage? Am I ready to have kids? Am I ready to take things to the next level? All while trying to cope with the fact that you may or may not have cheated on your significant other. Yeah. And when you go into these dream sequences, all the dream sequences, um, these puzzle tests are based around the, the things that have come up. So let's say that one of the characters says, oh, I might be pregnant. A demonic baby is now chasing you up a tower. Yeah. On top of all of this, when you reach the top of a tower, you go into a confessional. Do play this game online. 100%. You go into the confessional and it will ask you a question. And it will be like something like you've been with your partner for 10 years and you found out that in the first three months of your relationship, they cheated on you, but they've never cheated on you since then. What do you do? And you have two answers, very black and white. These answers affect the ending of the game. And it's not obvious. It's not an obvious. This is the good ending or the bad ending or whatever. Cause there's like, I want to say like 10 endings to the game. Right. And all of this for me, when I, when I say the, personal horror was a thing of it. When I played this game originally, I had just entered my thirties and was trying to figure out what the next step of my life was like. Mm. And there was a lot of Vincent's story that I was like, Oh, this is really fucking hitting home. <laughs> and the unfortunate part was unlike most games, I played them by myself or with a, maybe one other friend. I decided I wanted to play Catherine in a room full of people. And so all the questionnaires that we did were, we did kind of like vote by consensus thing. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't like my personal vote for right. it. That's how we got to the ending of it. Um, I'm recently, recently been going back through Catherine with a new version of it. It's called Catherine full body. That's the version you want to play. Um, I'm playing it on the switch mm -hmm. and I'm answering the questions much more honestly, this go around. I do not know what my ending is. I haven't finished it yet. Right. But that being said, Catherine is a horrific game. Again, it is a puzzle game, but it's a game that it, it questions more your, your morals a little bit. Mm -hmm. Like what, what's the gray area for certain things. And if you let it, you will learn a lot about yourself by playing this game. Yeah. 
Hector, give me a recommendation. Well, yeah, I think my last one really does have to be, it, it, and uh, it is a video game and a TV show, so it has that going for it. So okay. I'm not, I'm not, you know, skipping around. I'm not skipping my my pattern here, but. The Last of Us. Oh, all right. Let's talk and the about reason it. I have to talk about The Last of Us is because of what I talked about with the horror earlier. I like my horror to have a message. And boy, oh boy, <laughs> boy, oh boy, does this fucking Ooh. series have a message. Now, there's a lot of ways you can experience The Last of Us. You can experience it on a PlayStation 3 at about 30 <laughs> FPS. Um uh, you know, with the original version, you can experience a remastered version on a PlayStation 4 with the same graphics running better. You can experience the game remaster it a second time to look more like its sequel, which is the best way to play it because that's the best it can ever be as far as that goes. And it has a sequel, which is better in my opinion and that's kind of hard for me to say because i love the original so much and there is an hbo show based on the original game that is that will make you fucking cry fucking masterful now without spoiling anything and i know i know it's kind of part of the zeitgeist but without spoiling anything so that you can go watch it whether you have hbo or you have a playstation 4 or you have a playstation 5 and you want to get one and two in a bundle because they're fucking incredible and you should play them both these games will scare you. They are terrifying in all the best ways. But the best part about it is that it is a zombie story where the zombies are certainly a problem, but more of a puzzle. And the people, the people are fucking terrifying. Anytime you walk across a, a person you don't know, you are terrified. Kind of like uh, The Road by Cormac McCarthy sort of way. You know, like, does this person want to fight me, fuck me, or kill me? Like, like you just don't know, but you know they want one of those somewhere, and you know, they don't want anything nice for you. You understand that. But the thing is, they approach you pretending they want to be nice. This is the apocalypse. This is the zombie apocalypse, even though there are mushroom zombies. This is... A horror at its best in the way, for me, in that it is a horror about stuff, about lots of stuff, about the way humanity treats each other, about what it means to be one of the last of us, about what it means to be a human in an inhumane time, about what it means to interact with people and give them the benefit of the doubt, mm -hmm. about forgiving your enemies in a time where you're so used to killing the people who wrong you that you come across because there's no other choice. Uh, it's phenomenal in every single way I can think from the games to the show on HBO, the, uh, the acting, the voice acting in the games, the acting in the show, the cinematography and all of those things. Cause remember animation is cinematography. It's not a genre. And that is what is happening in the game. Mm. It's, Beautiful in a way that I don't often describe horror. The, the very few horror movies what I describe as beautiful. Probably Midsommar, um, Color Out of Space, and The Last of Us. Like the, mm -hmm. the those are my like the the ones that come off of the top of my head. Um, but yeah, just uh, top tier for me. Like uh, something that I would stake my claim on if I wanted to get someone into horror, and maybe I wanted to get someone who was unfamiliar with it into video games. I might use this. Okay. This is the the shining example. The, the this is the one for me. 
Okay, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to do a quick fire round, yeah. and then I'm going to talk about my last one And before we wrap the show up. But before I do that, I'm going to give a special thanks to our producer this evening. If the audio sounds a lot better this week, it's because of our friend John, who is our, our co-worker, uh-huh. who is here with us, who has been doing a really good job of making sure that all of our audio levels are good, that our microphones are in the right place, mm-hmm. so that it sounds great for everybody. So what I'm going to do right now is I'm going to screw all of his audio up by saying, <laughs> John... Give me a horror recommendation of any kind. Uh, weird. It's not necessarily horror, but it's exactly in the vein of what you guys have been talking about. Sunshine. Yes. Love it. Love it. Uh, Sunshine. Sunshine is a wonderful sci-fi movie starring Cillian Murphy. Um, again, space horror, which is hard to do. Um, Sunshine is a movie, um, again, no spoilers, about a group of people who are traveling to the sun to set up a filter that will stop the sun from killing the earth. Okay. (laughs) This is a space mission. And what you have is a group of, oh, God, the cast in this movie. Um, Michelle Yeoh, Takechi, uh, God, uh, Kanata, I'm, I'm forgetting his name. He's in everything. He's so fucking good. Um, uh, Chris Evans is in this. Really? Um, okay. The only, I saw this, mm-hmm. like, right when it was announced that Chris Evans was going to be Captain America. Ah, uh, yeah. And we all said, fucking Chris Evans, Captain America, the Fantastic Four douchebag. Yeah. I saw Sunshine. I'm like, that man can be Captain America. Oh, yeah. And it's surprising because in Sunshine, he plays a dick. Oh, yeah. But Absolute he's a dick, dick who has to finish the mission. Because, like, you know, at one point, they literally have to, like, draw straws. Yeah. And he's like, no, no, no. Somebody's going to die. And it, it might even be me. But that guy has to be on board because he's a physicist. Fuck you. Finish the mission. And yep. I was like. That yeah. man can be Captain America. Oh yeah, right. no, so I so good, it. so good. The cast is incredible. I've the, never heard of this. The sets are incredible. The the, the the yeah, everything about it, acting, cinematography, the soundtrack. Really? Oh my god, the soundtrack. This is the, going on my t- to watch such this immediately. A fucking cool movie, and it there's no. It, it, I I won't call it Elder Tour because there's no like the Great Beyond or anything with tentacles involved, but there is this amazing overtone of like a little bit of space madness that really just like Mm. oh what an incredible movie sunshine excellent recommendation all right so real quick just a couple of quick fires we've talked about a couple of these in the past uh stephen king's 1408 a fantastic adaptation of the short story Uh, another Lawrence fishburne in horror yep Fuck, he's great. Um, that's a great one. Oculus. That's another Oculus. Mike, oh, Mike Flanagan. Yeah, wow. Mike Flanagan, Karen Gillian. Like, Mike. good stuff. Perfect. I'm a big fan. If you know anything about me, I love horror where people are trapped in a room. Not like Saw. Things like Would You Rather and The Invitation. Yeah. Things where yeah, people yeah. are kind of stuck in a room together and then yeah. horror happens. Right. There's no, like, it's not a horror room you're stuck in. Right. It's more of a, like, the people in this room are going to create a horror situation. Right. Those. That's a big one for me. Uh, the Alan Wake remake. That's oh. what I played. Oh, yeah, yeah. Fantastic. Alan Wake, fucking phenomenal. Um, the, the sequel's going to come out in a matter of days for us as of Absolutely. the date of this recording. Yeah. Um, the Rise of Leslie Vernon is ah. a fantastic movie that if you love Scream, I think we've recommended it a couple of times. Mm-hmm. If you love Scream, you like meta horror. Mm-hmm. This is a 
woefully yeah. like unknown fucking movie that is about meta horror. It, yeah. Now it is done in mockumentary style, and if that's right. not your vibe, then that's fine. But the the rise of Leslie Vernon takes place um, in a world where all the slashers are real. Yeah. And you're watching a mockumentary about a slasher where he explains all of their tricks. Right. Like, it, this he's is literally he, being interviewed like documentary style by a couple journalists who just want to like could do an expose on this actual motherfucking serial killer. How do you actually killer? walk fast, right? How do you yeah. create the illusion of walking fast? Yeah. Why do people fall down in the branches? And I won't spoil it because it does have a giant twist that's so fucking good. And also, Robert England's in it. Like, yeah, that's it. Robert England's we in it. We do it. So that's a fantastic one. A game that I have not played, but I've watched YouTube essays about extensively. Do not watch them if you want to play it, though, is Doki Doki Literature Club. Yeah. It's fucked up. Oh, just, so just, fucked just up. Just know that it's fucked you up. You think you're playing a, a, a Japanese high school girl, like, Visual novel, novel game. It's like, oh, you know, we're going to learn this story about these cute things and make a couple decisions along the way. No, you're not, motherfucker. <laughs> yep. You're going to have the Strap shit out of you. It's about to get creepy, y'all. <laughs> All right. The last thing I want to talk about that I want to end on is something we've both played. And we've been talking a lot about cosmic horror because mm-hmm. we really love that. I got to talk about Prey. Yeah. The, like, 2016 Prey. Where at the beginning of this game, you wake up on a space station and your brother has constricted you to work on a project with him. Mm -hmm. And this particular project, every time that you utilize this new technology, you lose your memory. Yep. And then things get weird. And I don't. I don't know how to talk about this game without talking about this game. Yeah, this was a, this is a hard one not to spoil. <laughs> the one thing that is known about this game that's that's non-spoiler. There are mm-hmm. characters in this game called mimics. Mm-hmm. They can be anything, right? And they are programmed in the game to be anything, right? You're talking about an immersive sim, you know, the type of game where like, oh, a door. Do I need the key? Well, maybe, but you could also go through the window or you could also go through a vent or you could also kick the door down if you have enough strength or you could also blow it up with a grenade, that kind of game. So in a game like that, where there's shit everywhere, like coffee mugs and pads of paper and chair, office chairs and office plants and because it's a big office, um, any of these things can just turn into an alien and start to fucking kill you. Yeah. And... It is a game that you're on a nearly abandoned space station and there are very few survivors. In fact, you for the first part of the game, this is kind of a minor spoiler. For the mm. first part of the game, you don't even know if they're survivors. Correct, yeah. You don't see a single person for but a But also, I have to point out that Prey not only is one of the great horror games of all time, but God, it is one of the best intros to a game oh, of all yeah. time. Oh, yeah. Down, And I won't spoil what happens, but holy fucking shit. And also, these theme song that plays at the very beginning of the game iconic uh, is an iconic song that's uh i think it's called like everything's going to be okay or something like that Mm -hmm. it is literally my ringtone for waking up in the morning Mm -hmm. that's how much i love this song like every morning i wake up to that song and i'm just like yeah you know what let's go Everything about Prey is amazing it is worth your time it was done by Arcane Studios yeah it was um and Arcane in their prime, man. Oh, the, like, at their absolute is, best. This is this is the game to play if you want to do cosmic horror. It does that thing where at some point you do got to go outside the space station mm. and you got to like fix something. Yeah, and it is fucking terrifying. Yeah, like, you do not want to be out there. Space is big, y'all. Space is scary, y'all. <laughs> but yeah, that's everything we have for spooky re- recommendations. Mm-hmm. 
I have a lot yeah. more things that I'm ready to go play and do, and and we have a lot more spooky things that we're going to be talking about on our Patreon. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So we'll be doing that soon. That's everything that we have for the show this week. Don't forget that you can head over to goodnight.gg to become a patron of our show. You can head over to facebook.com slash gngdcast, where you can chat with us, as well as talk to me directly at gngdcast on Twitter. But until next time, for Hector, this is James. And for James, this is Hector. Everyone, good night. And good game.